to Religiously Incorrect, episode number two. I am Pastor Jeff Stanford. I'm with my good friend. This is Pastor Todd Johnson. We are here today. We are excited. Uh, we're just going to kick it off with uh, some upcoming events. And since it is football season, and Uh-oh. since I am a goes. Browns fan, there it is. I got to give a big shout out to Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. Baker Mayfield for what he done last year and what we're about to do. I want to give a big shout out to uh, to to the to the wide receiver coming over. You know he could have went anywhere in the NFL, probably not. But <laughs> but he chose to come to Cleveland. Y'all know how we do when people come to Cleveland. We gen- end up winning championships. So we are excited. Wait just a minute. <laughs> When athletes come to Cleveland. I'm talking about LeBron James. You, you kill their careers. <laughs> <laughs> well, since he wanted to bring up the Browns, I got a rep for my Pittsburgh Steelers, black and gold. Yes, sir. You know, Roethlisberger is like 97 years old. And a half. And <laughs> he's like the cyborg man. He don't even take any. He's just on his he, knees. He's just on his knees. <laughs> He's he's really putting me in the mind of like Dan Marino in his last few years. He's like more more pads than body out there. Exactly. You know? and, exactly. But, they just shooting him up. They just shooting oh, him you, up. Oh, you know, you know, he's that, that's up. some any given Sunday stuff going on out there, absolutely, buddy. He, absolutely. He, he's out there. But here's my story, Jeff. Go ahead. Did you see Antonio Brown had a foot injury because he froze his feet in some kind of chamber or something? <laughs> See, this is, this is what I mean about this. <laughs> this is only I could find this stuff. But why his injury? He was doing some kind of treatment in France and didn't wear the right shoes and got frostbite in his feet, and that's why he missed. <laughs> Bruh, hey, on behalf of Steelers fans everywhere, thank you so much, AB, <laughs> for leaving Pittsburgh. He's Oakland's problem now. Whatever city they in, what, what city they in? I don't know. Where where, they at? I don't know where they at. But I do want to give a shout out since you're talking about Pittsburgh. I do want to give a big shout out to y'all. Um, to y'all, tailback. What's his name? Connor. Yeah, Connor. What? And, what's and, wrong with What's wrong with Connor, man? Because we don't know if he got a Jerry curl. Listen, we, we're trying to figure out what exactly it's, he got. It's business in the front and party in the back. You know how it works. Go Pittsburgh. Go Browns. We are excited about football season. We Let's are. Let's get ready we to are. rumble. Amen. Jeff, episode one was pretty good. Yes, it was. We talked about the word religion, mm-hmm. but since episode one, we had an incredible tragic season of shootings and absolutely i mean just uh, ripped the nation apart and it's not like it's something new but we decided we wanted to uh, I, I came up with a title for for today's episode yeah. it's called shots fired shots fired shots fired and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that but first of all i want to start off with a, a a disclaimer here please all right we're going to talk about gun culture and all that stuff it's not a political show it's called Religiously Incorrect. This is Absolutely. the pastor's view on things. But I do need to give another disclaimer, and that is I have never, ever handled a gun. Wow. I've never handled any live gun, ammunition, anything in my life. Uh, the closest I came was when we cleaned out Grandpa's house when he died, and they brought out that old 1942 <laughs> pistol. So not a BB gun? Civil War. I mean, BB gun. You know, I'm talking about real gun. Okay, yeah, I've never, saying. you know, I had a little pump action, you know, a little okay. little something pellet that never really, had, never been a gun guy. Never been to a gun range, never pointed a gun, fired it, nothing like that. So, so I, I, that doesn't preclude my opinion. Right. But right. 
you know, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Now I'm 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 fairly certain your testimony is not the same as mine. <laughs> well, I am a Navy guy, so you na- I have, okay. Well, I have I have legally have legally shotguns and. I have illegally. Illegally. Um, <laughs> before I went to the Navy back in the day, I I, I had my my days. I had right. my days. Okay. But um, you know, once again, when we're talking about what's going on now, um, you know, I, I actually inboxed my friend last night. Okay. And I, I, not inbox, but I uh, text him on on Facebook that I remember when me, him, and two other guys were in the Martin Luther Lutheran parking lot back in the day. And me and Troy got into a fight, and uh, I and Troy, I ended up slamming Troy and it busted his head. And so what happened was, I ended up having to ride him. <laughs> Wait a minute, listen, listen, this, this, but this, this, this is the difference okay. between now and then because I actually gave him a ride home on my bike because we busted his head. See that now that wouldn't happen today. No, <laughs> you know, but 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 uh, right. But so, so because it wasn't about shooting and killing and, you know, we fought and we we made up and we were friends and I want to make sure he was all right. You know and, 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 and even in that context, you're talking about, you know, what we're seeing in the Chicago style or honestly right here in Warren and Youngstown. Absolutely. You're talking about personal beasts, vendettas, da, 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 da. you know, uh, and you were right. It's not the fight culture it used to be. Right. You know, you took your whooping and da, 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 da. You had your beef and worked it out. You know, now people are picking up guns. But. That what we're seeing nationwide with mass shootings yeah. is is it's sickening how how common it has become. Absolutely, how used to it we we're shocked for a minute, and then we forget about within a day or two. Mostly because another one happens. Absolutely. Well, let's give some statistics just in case anybody doesn't know. We're talking about two hundred and fifty. 251. Yeah, yeah. 251 yeah. mass shootings. As of the taping of this. Uh, as, of, as, of today, as of today. 2019. Now, understand, we are on track to have more shootings this year than days in, in the, the year. year. And, it, that, that's, and, and no other developed country is having this Absolutely not. situation. And just, you know, to, to build on what you said, and obviously social media, you got memes being shared around and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're saying things like, you know, no other developed country. It's the gun laws. You know, it's this. I saw a great one that was sort of listing all the reasons we tend to give, mm-hmm. you know, it's mental illness. Well, they have right. mental illness in other countries, too. Right. You know, it's racism and hatred. Well, there is there is people who have, you know, racism, nationalism, all of those things going on as well. Ethnic, Absolutely. you know, cleansing, all this kind of stuff. But, I, but when Matt Mass shooters by citizens. We're not talking about like guerrilla warfare. We're not talking about mm-hmm. uh, 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 villages or factions of a government or separatist movements like Al Qaeda and you know ISIS going against right, governments. Right. We're talking about citizens, you know, getting a hold of assault weapons or turning weapons into assault weapons or modifying or whatever they do, and walking into WalMarts, into schools, into synagogues, into carnivals and festivals, and that you know. We know what the pundits are saying. Right. You know, we know what the pundits are saying. What should pastors say, Jeff? What, what should pastors get up and say on Sunday? I have, well, first of all, I think we have a, a duty and an obligation to preach and teach about what's going on. So my, my first question is, in response to what you just said, in response to what the mass media is saying, how do we relate to that? How okay. do we relate to that? Because... Uh, you know, as I was reading, one of the first things was that uh, one one person said, 
we don't need less guns. We need more God. More God. Okay. So, so we don't have enough. Do we have? Do, do we have enough God? <laughs> do we have enough God? Well, let let let's let's talk about it for a second. Would, would having enough God fix all of the? That's that's the question. Because let's let's just be realistic. Let's just be real because we're talking about religiously incorrect. Oh man. We're talking about religiously incorrect. Just so let's something. talk. <laughs> I know I'm about to get in trouble. Amen. But listen, so if first of all, I would say it depends on what God you're talking about. Uh, that would help. Because there are some gods who would actually condone. Or some versions of someone's some, God. Some versions of some gods would that would condone. actually condone and say this is the Lord's will. Right. There was some People who believe that their God, especially in the 1960s, said that we or 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 Caucasians or or white evangelical brothers and sisters should have slaves. 1960s, 18s. No, I was 19. <laughs> Listen, well, you're I, right that, that their God taught them that they are supreme, supreme, yes. and, and 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 superior to other races. Uh, God's, you know, whatever mind, you know, of, of God that you figured out of your own, it told people that they need to, you know, voice, you know, you need to uh, bomb abortion clinics. Absolutely. You need to Absolutely. do those things. So you're right. What, what kind of God we're talking about? So, so that in itself speaks to the twisted mind of people Absolutely. and how people can make a religion or a, a faith center and, and read into the text, read into the Bible, mm-hmm. whatever they want to absolutely and come out with some result that makes sense to them and we call that mental illness but is it really any more mentally ill than some of the other crazy things and beliefs it just results in 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 death i I would absolutely and and even when we're talking about mental illness whether you're talking about whether you're talking about religion whether you're talking about mental illness whether you're talking about uh the you know the video games right now they're saying it's the video games (laughs) super mario made him do it (laughs) right right but all of that still has to come in effect that you need you have to have mental illness you have to have religious things but you still have to have a gun that that is true because i can hate you all i want right. but I, I can't kill you unless i have the weapon and I, I love it when people say and it happens maybe once in a in a blue moon where they say, well, they could do the same carnage with a knife, or maybe somebody got on a subway or something and slashed a bunch of people, or you know, poisoned or whatever. It's ninety nine percent of the time, guns. Well, it's not. You really can't just run around in, in the same absolutely way. Well, let's take a closer look at this. Let's take a closer. The man, the man, in um, in it was Dayton, right? Dayton. The man in Dayton had a assault rifle that shot a hundred times right a hundred times before right. he had to reload right a hundred times now here's 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 the key thing because they also say we need more protection and more police protection and but those police officers responded within 30 seconds and that he still is managed to, to take out nine that's people. correct that's correct but but back to the god thing do we have enough god what, what do you want to say about you know how God factors or, or as believers and, and what we hear, what we're expected to say or do, the difference our faith, our prayers are what can make. Because, you know, thoughts and prayers, you know, the, the, these are spirits we need to bind. Right. We need to pull down the principality of violence. We need to attack the demon of. You would think that with all the prayers Absolutely. and all the intercessions going forward, that we would have made a dent. 
and, and God help me if we're going to claim that we just stopped things that could have happened. It Absolutely. just didn't because I prayed because I just right. keep watching the news and it just mm-hmm. keeps happening. So what? how do we reconcile that or are we sort of barking up the wrong tree, if possible, with our prayers or intent of our prayers for these things? Well, I don't think that we're barking up the wrong tree. I think that it has to be done. I think that we should be praying. We should pray. I think we should be fasting. I think For we sh- what, though? Well, I, I think that we should be fa- fa- for the answer, for the right answer, uh, as well as for those who are mentally, uh, those who are mentally challenged. We need to be praying. We need to be coming together. And, and the one thing we we have to stop doing is is having these holding these prayer sessions and these prayer rallies, particularly all in the church, when the problems are not with the people who are in the church. Most of the problems are with those who are out. And these are even more greater when we're talking about the mass shootings, because, you know, some of these things, as as seen on this particular instances, they're basically out there. They're posting it online before they're doing it. Oh, you know, and that's the crazy thing, because now as as a minister, you know, in, in, in our Christian world, in the black community, we're talking about mental illness a lot more. But it's hilarious how we're talking about mental illness a lot more in the black community. And we want to and need to attribute more of our struggles to mental illness. But when white boy walks in Walmart right. and and shoots 30 people or walks in Dayton and, and does all this and they say he's mentally ill or whatever, I don't want to hear it. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I don't want to hear it is because, number one, he was not mentally ill when he wrote this manifesto with right. perfect grammar. Right. And he's like college level. And, and if if you have that much in, 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 in capacity to go out and buy the weapon you know would do the damage it would happen. Skirt or do whatever you need to do to steal the weapon. Sometimes they've taken them out of their parents' home right. or whatever it might be. They they had all that intelligence when it was for that, but now they're mentally ill. Now, maybe they crossed over a line by committing the act that by the time they get to uh, examining them, I'd be a pretty screwed up person too if I'd finally brought myself to doing something so absolutely, heinous. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe some people can make themselves appear to be mentally ill, but we're so ready to pull that card and we'll say everything, but it's just plain hatred, hatred. terrorism. And I'll say this. I said it to you before we went live with the video that, you know, the churches are going to make statements. People are going to put out and there was a church. I I, I read a statement uh, about everything, praying for the families, you know, all of the things that we all dearly feel, the pain, the sorrow, we're sick of it, and then how to deal with the trauma, you know, all of that stuff. I even saw somebody how to talk to your children. But in all those statements, uh, mostly from white evangelical churches, there was nothing said about white nationalism, racism, and the hatred that spurred it. And I've seen people attribute it to everything. And like you said, the shooters are basically broadcasting, this is why I'm doing it. This is exactly and bother saying we don't know why they're doing it. You, we might not know what brings a human being to that place, but they have told us why. They've told us why. Here's my question. Here's my question. If we in the community, if we uh, all over have attributed it, we have attributed the gun violence in the African-American community. There it we is. We have attributed it right. to uh, we have attributed it to to uh, rap music, mm-hmm. we have attributed it to these uh, gangster movies. We yep. have attributed it to all of that. And this broken is homes, broken homes, no daddy. So if we're going, if we if we have if we can attribute it that 
or the gun violence that happens locally to gang or to rap music and all that stuff, can we not attribute this type of mass shootings, and w especially when they're saying exactly where it came they're from? They're saying exactly where it came from. Can we not attribute it so, because, to what they're saying it is? To what they're saying it because people are getting upset. Like no, it's not, but they're saying it what it is. Oh yeah, they're like and we have to be able to attribute it to what it is. Look at Dylan Roof. I mean, he was like, I'm in court. I, I don't care. I did it. That's why I did it. You Absolutely. know, blah blah blah. And they tried to spin that. You know, it's attack against the church. I'm like, no, that's attack on black people. He drove past a lot of white churches to get Absolutely. to that black church to shoot them people. Absolutely. Let's just be honest about it. But let's converse this. Let's flip that. So if we can attribute the causes of those shootings to exactly what they're saying and the exact environments they put themselves in. Conversely, as a pastor in the African-American community, I don't know a people more mentally broken and more mentally deranged and confused than young black men who are raised in chaos and confusion and with messages that they're no one and cannot be anything. I, I, I can't, or, or they've raised up with siblings and cousins and whoever who have been shot in front of them or they've been going to funerals since they were three and four years old. If you're gonna attribute mental illness to shootings, attribute it to those brothers shooting each other 40 sometimes in Chicago over the weekend, that's mental illness. Absolutely. You know, we need to attribute almost community brokenness because that's what I see every Sunday. And you know how we see it, Jeff? Excuse my headphones. We see it because we are ministering to the cycle of brokenness in our churches every week Absolutely. in paths and places where nobody ever sees. And often it's cyclical, right? Absolutely. It's, it's that brother who wants to get right next thing you know he's on the street. It's that mm -hmm. sister who wants to get out of that relationship next thing you know she's right back in it. And we see the destruction coming up the road, but we know that it's deeper than just, oh, he's a thug or right. she's a whatever. I don't want to say any bad. Can I say bad words? We're going to get too in trouble for that. <laughs> no, uh, don't say no bad words. Uh, but, you know, she, she's this, she's that. She's a, uh, they say, go ahead. Just, just, just cuss pastor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't a cussing preacher, y'all don't push me. But we see it and we see the real struggle they're going through. They mean it when they're in front of us. They mean it when they're coming to the absolutely, altar. They absolutely. mean it for those seasons in life when they are going through. And then something happens that totally breaks them down from the inside out. And that's why people, they, they roll their eyes at us. They, they, they don't believe what we're saying when we say, I know that kid, he has a good heart. Absolutely. I know that kid, he was really trying. And they will totally roll their eyes. Sure he was, you know, we, mm -hmm. and then They'll pull out the rap sheet and they'll pull out the prior mistakes Absolutely. and the crimes and all that. But we see the real anguish. And if anybody deserves, it is the 400th year anniversary right. since Africans were brought <laughs> to this continent, right? If anybody deserves to say that illness has driven them to violence, it would be minority and historically oppressed people. Absolutely. And then, you know, how dare they, as I saw in a recent uh article or, or, or newscast start to attribute family brokenness to these middle class white boys because that's our story. You take my story, not but 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 in the but you know as a pastor, then are we even mentioning this or is it just so normal that it's just a pray for fill in the blank? Well here's the here's here's the here's the thing. We cannot we can regulate gun laws. We can, we can regulate that, gun laws. That's true. We cannot regulate a father to stay at home. It is impossible. You, you, the father, the father, he, he on his way out, 
You know, <laughs> the son can't say, uh, Congress said you got to stay Congress here. <laughs> I can't stand Congress. The senator said Dang, you can't leave. You, you know, <laughs> we can't, re- but we can't, we can do something about the gun laws. We can't do something about people buying guns. We can't do something about uh, people buying, especially semi-automatic guns. Is, is that our, so, it, so when we talk about all of the causes that we typically associate with the church, you know, we've heard abortion. Mm-hmm. you know, associated with the church. We've heard uh, LGBTQ associated with the church. I'm as glad far you as added causes. the Q on. You added the Q on. Go ahead. I'm trying to stay be correct. Correct. <laughs> I'll be politically correct, even if I'm religiously incorrect. You know, we we have that, and and mostly our conservative friends have hammered on that as mm-hmm. a concern. Has any issue besides uh, the LGBTQ situation in the last 20 years been more prevalent in our nation than gun violence since Columbine round about 99? Probably not. No. And so, but but we do not normally make pulpit stands, right. recommendations. I, I Preachers have gotten up and talked about how we need to protect marriage laws. We've gotten up and talked about right to life. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, and all the other contemporary issues, but we don't offer specific solutions or advocacy. Now, can you say why is that? Now, let's start from a general Christian view, and then we'll right. split them up. I think generally there are no sermons. What, what are we going? What sermon are we going to preach? No, nobody shot anybody in the Bible. Right. <laughs> there, there, were, there, were there any mass arrowings? <laughs> I mean, there were some slaughters, but there any mass semi-automatic bows? <laughs> I mean, I think the greatest the greatest mass murder in the Bible. Was could be contributed to God when Moses oh, yeah, was going. Exactly. Yeah, God, <laughs> God put out a machine gun, and then and then it might actually work if you, if you are in favor of gun control, it work against you because then they'll talk about how Samson picked up a jawbone and, right, and slayed right, like right, a thousand right, dudes right, right, with right. it. You know, so that goes against. But but you're, you're right. There's, so there's no direct biblical example to mass shootings in the sense of when we talk about the gun itself. We're talking Absolutely. about somebody about it. We don't have an instant you know, relatable story. So what else? I think, I think, and because we don't have those relatable stories, I think, you know, that it's, it's still our job to talk about um, uh, environmental stories because although we are part of the church, we are still part of the world. And most of these churches are in the inner city Mm-hmm. And it's affecting our community. And since we are sh- should be community-minded pastors, then these these things ought to be talked about, even if there's no church stores, because um, it's still a relatable issue. Because everybody in that church has somebody that is doing time. Most most of the people in our church has somebody that is doing time. Somebody who's you know s- somebody who may be doing time for a shoot. Right. But what you're talking about is again that beginning part we were talking about just sort of person-to-person neighborhood shooting gun violence. I'm talking well, about e- mass even, shooting. Even, even mass. Because let, me, let me stop us. you there, though. Let me stop you there. Let's argue now. Let's Go fight. That's okay? The, uh, I'm going to win. Outside, <laughs> outside of Charleston. Right. Now, we'd be up and honest. Honestly, we had a conversation uh, in my own church. It's already come up in my office. You know, every time a shooting happens, especially when you had the synagogue shooting, you had the Charleston shooting. Right. You had somebody, it's churches need to be secure. Da, 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 da. Outside yeah. of Charleston, though, Black churches have not been the center of these right. mass shootings. Absolutely. I'm not saying that we You're shouldn't right. prepare. You're right. You're right. I'm not, but outside of that, it has not been secure. You know, we do it. 
well, you know, we're going to make that call. We, we, the brothers talk about how they're going to stand by the door and the ones that have their CCWs or right, whatever, they're right. going to do what they do. But honestly, it's we, we, we said it before, it's not a black problem for the most part as far as the perpetrators. And now that the nationalism thing that might flip more, you know, but it hasn't always been the victims necessarily either. Like, I'm just looking for a bunch of black people to kill. The Hispanic thing definitely scares me because it goes from being less randomized, if right. you will. This is not the old bully story that we started with in Columbine, you know, the whole bully, whatever. And that became a thing. School shootings or, or going postal with the mad guy who goes into the employers. Now it's become an ethnic, racial, right. Right. nationalistic issue. But again... We don't have a precedent besides Charleston, as, as, as horrific as it was. Absolutely. And I would say this to that, because honestly, if we go back, if we go back to last week's episode, um, there, we, didn't, we didn't have the problem of, uh, to be politically correct, uh, homosexuality in the black church back in the day as we do now. It wasn't as open Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, okay. I mean, well, we had the problem, Sorry. but it wasn't as open. Sorry, <laughs> right. yeah, I was about you to know, even, okay. yeah. You know, even, so no, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that Charleston, and hopefully that is a isolated incident, but, well, you know, statistically we, we, it is. We, we, yeah, but we want to, I think we want to cut it off at the head. So we don't want it to happen again. Right, right. So in our churches, all right, so me and you, I mean, we are in the urban church, we are in the black church, you know, we speak to this thing. Should we be doing in other areas, uh, in, uh, excuse me, like we would do in other areas where we challenge others to speak? Because it's more of a national issue. Now, God forbid something would happen right here in our own hometowns, right. you know, in one of our churches or areas or, or stores. But what demands, what what, what do we say that we want? To, so so would you say that your thing getting up would be gun gun laws? I would say gun laws. Gun I, laws. I, I, that's me personally. It's and not I, a gun I, problem. No, it's a, it's a God I, problem. Right. But, but see, I know a lot of people don't like the 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 fact because they want to you know they want to use hunting and they want to. But I don't think you need to. I you really, don't need a hundred rounds to kill a to kill you Bambi. Need, you don't need a hundred rounds. You don't need. And so my my thing is, why are we doing this? Why are we using these? semi-automatic why are we allowing people to buy if you're not in the army if you are not a police officer if you are not somebody who you know needs to needs to have these these things these things then why are you doing it and then you know for those who say we need more police protection i mean there were cops at that school that got shot up they were scared to go in. Oh, oh and, and yeah, and there were cops in Nevada at the country concert. They don't know where it's coming from right, any right, more than exactly. anybody else it, it's does. Up, it's up in right. Oh, so, so I guess one thing I noticed that that's a problem with us is we have a remedy for the other issues. For instance, and I'm just going to play conservative pastor, and I'm not to say that I'm not conservative. I'm pro life, by the way, but I don't typically get up with the with the remedy. You know, they advocate politically. They point their congregations in the direction of the solutions that they feel. Right. We want to limit access to abortion. So, ironically enough, the same people who want to limit access to abortion, even though the argument would be they're still going to get abortions anyway right. in an unhealthy, unsafe way, mm -hmm. are the same people who are not willing to say we should limit access to semi-automatic weapons because then only the criminals will have them or they're going to get them anyway. And I feel like if you're going to advocate to try to limit access to abortion or if you're going to advocate to try to not allow a, a homosexual or lesbian couple to be married, you know, and get a marriage certificate or whatever you're trying to do. Right. Uh, 
Knowing that, that's not going to change the behavior or people are still going to do what they want to do without that piece of paper or not, then why wouldn't you have the same advocacy knowing that we have a, I, I believe we have a gun problem. I know that it takes a person to pick up the gun and use Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But if you just have more out there, I think they say we have more guns than people in the United States or something like that. I believe it. You know, and that's not the reality in other most other countries, unless I'm totally wrong, and if somebody wants to comment or cuss us out and send an email, and they know better than we oh, do, we're gonna, we gonna get them. We're gonna get them. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna get them. As long as they don't come with guns, we're, we're straight. <laughs> but uh, so I just feel like, as it as we said earlier, being one of the primary issues of our generation, if we're either gonna advocate for those things that will preserve life and, and improve the quality of life and make us a better nation, a better people and community, or we're not. Right. We're not gonna play, and that's my view, we're not gonna play, I wanna limit access to this, and I wanna limit you know, rights to this, but not say at least legally or officially try to limit certain things, even though we know that the bad actors will still do what they do. And it frustrates me, right. because like I said, I, I, and then we have to speak to the root of that thing. And that is, we're seeing hatred, and 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 hatred as the i think the psychiatrist board or whatever put out a statement that said racism is not a mental illness mm -hmm. they said it right. racism is not a mental it illness isn't. it isn't and we are not going to sit here and keep excusing calculated perpetrations of violence against certain segments of people in massive ways or isolated ways under the guise of, well, he's mentally ill because nobody in their right mind would do that. Yes, they would if they hate enough and if they've been fed enough, and I know this is not political, but if they've been fed enough rhetoric, absolutely. if they've been fed enough allowance to push the envelope of hatred, if they've been given enough uh, of an arena where their opinion becomes acceptable and nobody's checking them on it, then there's nothing left to do but to act on it. Absolutely, absolutely. So shutting down and sort of wrapping up this, this portion on the mass shooting side, do you think it's gonna taper off? What, what will it take for any of it to taper off a little it, bit? It, um, as far as, as, I've, as I've been watching these political shows and watching these different, they believe that it's going to amp up Wow. Because you have the politicians who continue to do their pol make their policies. Well, the NRA have, owns them. Right. I mean, and you have the just... preachers who keep on praying, but yet and still you have the people who keep on committing. Right. So right. It, right. it's very hard. And I say this all the time as we get ready and come to a close. I, I told my daughter when she was very young, um, when they were talking about having uh, safe sex, I said, yes, you can get condoms you can get you know all those particular things you can have safe sex but there is no way to have safe sin hmm. you cannot have safe sin That's and deep. so you can you that can you can go and do <laughs> it's too, you can you can you can uh do these nra laws you can you know write these laws you can we can pray all we want to do but there's no safe sin and these people are committing heinous acts on people of color. Well, we continue in prayer for all of those who have been affected. It's going to be a horrific week or two for those families with these with these funerals and Absolutely. identifying. And more might pass. Yeah, and that's what that's what that literally I wanted to say that. I, I we need to bring that up because we always talk about those who have died, but there are so many, many more, more who are injured. Injured. So many more who literally 
watched somebody next to them die who Correct. literally looked in the eyes of the of, of the shooter of the shooter yeah and and and, and they're laying in hospital beds and they're going through absolutely so we pray for those families praying for you all we're going to be coming right back with religiously incorrect thanks for tuning in Everybody. Welcome back to Religiously Incorrect. This is episode two, and we want to thank all of our wonderful viewers and listeners who have checked us out so far. If you have not done so, please go to our YouTube page and subscribe. subscribe, subscribe. Share that join on Share. all social media. And you can hear us just about anywhere. We are on Apple Podcast app. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on YouTube, of course. Where else are we at? On uh on uh are we on AOL instant messenger uh pigeon gram pigeon black gram. planet <laughs> back door <laughs> don't look for me on back page though uh we're on uh, with netscape <laughs> dos oregon trail we are all right we got all that stuff listen just google religiously incorrect and we appreciate your support we love your comments if Please you want comment. a debate argument, now we ain't talking back to you. Once we didn't say it, we say it is over. I mean, we might comment, you know, you might get, you know, a little interaction, you know, that'd be cool. But we really want to raise this up, get our subscribers up, get the brand up, and you can help us do it. Brand new podcast, just two young brother pastors trying to make it Please work, man. Please comment. Please comment. Like he said, we're not going to respond back to you. I know. Because ain't nobody you. come to see you, Otis. Ain't nobody come to see ain't you. Ain't nobody come to I'm see you. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> All right, bro. What, what, what you got, man, before we jump back in? You know, we always like to start off with a, you know, something up to date. So a something, something. We, we, we know and everybody knows and it's been all in, in the news that our 45th president um, asked the young ladies. Oh, man. Asked the young ladies. The congresswoman. Oh, to go back, go back to where they came from. Go back. My question to you. Jesus. Was it a ploy or was it a plea? Was it a ploy to say, you know, mm. I'm trying to get more voters. So this is what I'm doing. Or was it a plea? For us or for them, which is to, us, to really, go back. to really go back. Is it a ploy or is it a plea? Are there any spirit flights to Africa right now? <laughs> they got because, bats on them. <laughs> <laughs> the bats figured out how to get on. Hey, if you hey, if you can get a spirit flight to Africa, you, you might you might get a, a chance at that. Cause listen, you you let me stop. You, <laughs> Hey, hey, you, you 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 get somebody with a check and forty five dollars to get to my boy. They'll they'll go to Ghana. They'll go to. They go. Get inspiring mind. They they'll go. But okay, was it a ploy or a plea? It, it could be a little bit of both because I think like his his inner what do you call it your inner id your your inner. I think it comes out in the stuff he says, man. And, and honestly, I mean, you cannot say at this point that this person does not have prejudiced leanings or he, he is not dumb. So let's just knock that up. He's dumb in a certain sense, but genius in another. Genius. And so it's a plea in a way because he doesn't know anything else. And by the way, you're, you're talking to somebody who is, I spent some years in a predominantly white arena. My mm -hmm. parents moved out away from the city. I had to go to an all-white school. And most, 99%, everybody was wonderful people. It was not just right. super racist. Nothing. But trust me, when people get frustrated and got upset, they go back Absolutely. to what they know. What's deep down on the inside mm -hmm. is going to come out Absolutely. out of the abundance hey. of the oh, heart. Da -da 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 -da. And listen, you, you know, if his stuff is not scripted, 
you know, it's a plea in a way, but it's more of a ploy because this man knows, his royal orangeness knows that his base will jump on anybody who attacks his words, no matter what those words are. Absolutely. And he knows it. Absolutely. And I just believe division has become a tool of this. It was already a tool the first time. And now that he has to answer for policies and whatever, just like Obama, just like Bush, everybody has to answer. When you have to answer, man, you got to deflect. You got you to gotta explain. And he's riling up his people. That's just, that's just me. That's what I feel. You don't have to feel that way. I love everybody who votes any old kind of way you God vote. God bless you. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan you. of his presentation and his lack of grace and the way he treats people. And that is just out. And, 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 and we cannot feign ignorance. Go back to Africa or wherever has been a slur forever. Right, right. Since y'all brought us here 400 years ago next right. week. Well, can, we get, can we get our 40 acres in a mule before Bruh, we go? Can I get a free cruise or something? <laughs> Anything. I mean, <laughs> you didn't even put me on carnival. Put me, you know, something. I mean, but, but I mean, you, you know what you're saying. You know who you're saying it to. You know, and you know what the sad thing is, Jeff, before we jump into the, the, the subject, is that he knows that his base will always be riled up more than the other base. Absolutely. He knows that the conservative base will always activate itself in more tangible ways. So we, uh, who might not be a huge fans, and I'm not a hater, total, you know, but those people who are on the other side, the super liberal side, they're going to rant and rave and march and scream and share memes and all that stuff. But the conservatives are going to go out there and give money mm -hmm. and vote and lock it down, circle the wagons. They so, go all out. They all go, out. They go all so, out. So y'all need to get out and whatever your convictions are, whatever they, your political they, side they is. They will grab a gun in a minute. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Shots fired. Shots fired. Bang, bang. I need some uh, gun gun uh, 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 sound effects. Then again, we don't want because somebody listen to it, they might start running if they hear it right, like what? they did in Times Square. But we talked about mass shootings a little bit earlier, but now we need to come back to the other issue of the day. And it is an issue that's passionate to my heart. Absolutely. And it's probably a little closer to the urban pastor's heart. Absolutely. And that is police shootings. Police. Police shootings, particularly of unarmed black men and women. And the disproportionate amount of violence that is perpetrated from law enforcement to people of color in Absolutely. various situations. And sometimes it's not a shooting. In the case of Eric Garner, it was a choking. Right. You know, in the case of Sandra Bland, it was a heinous manner of arrest and leaving someone in a cell. And now they're, you know, mysteriously hung themselves and all this other kind of stuff. But the police shootings, uh, it, it's not going away. It has hit home right here in uh, our area, in our yes. region, in Trumbull mm -hmm. County, in this area. And it is something that, Jeff, I'm quite frankly not just frustrated but furious Absolutely. about. And what else? What else? I mean, you already know I'm about to go in, but she's going ahead and put your 30 seconds in. <laughs> well, I know, I know this. I know you have been at the forefront and, you know, I've had your back. Uh, from the and beginning. thank you, thank you. Um, and I, I think, for one, more pastors need to get on board with this. When we see vocally, visibly. vocally, vocally, visibly, online, they need to be a presence. When we see these heinous acts taking place, and not only are they taking place, not only are black men and women, people of color, dying at the hands of those that who we pay our taxes to protect and serve. These people are getting off with a slap on the wrist. Right. 
getting keeping their jobs, right? Keeping their jobs, and somebody is burying their brother, their mother, their father, their sister. This is this is this is completely out of control, and and something needs to be done. And 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 what you said about you know more of us need to get on board, and 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 I think we need to distinguish between prayers of support, right, and actual advocacy. For the issue. Absolutely. Because I think that we are all prayerful, like we stated about victims of mass shootings, like any tragedy, you know, anything perpetrated against anyone. We're all prayerful and supportive and we're here if you need us. But now there is an issue that has produced why we have a reason to pray. Right. And like the other issues we've talked about with mass shootings, there are issues that need to be addressed that are issues of justice and justice is very close to God's heart. Absolutely. Justice in the Bible is synonymous with righteousness. Mm-hmm. And we have somehow managed to sort of separate, you know, righteousness and holiness and just be peaceful and holy and good living people and, you know, sanctified unto the Lord. And we sort of push out the fact that the Bible has many implications behind righteousness that are after directly attached to justice, Absolutely. justice, fairness, Absolutely. honesty, right treatment of people. And uh, that is particularly those in power, those in leadership, those with authority. And we are called to hold leaders and those who have any sort of rule accountable. Hold them accountable in the same way we held in the civil rights era, you know, our local and national governments accountable for the laws and the practices that they were allowing to go on. Martin Luther King would go out on that march. They would go out and they would, you know, when the cameras would roll and let them see what policing in their minds was, what crowd disbursement was, you know, beating, hoses, dogs, all of that. The nation had to see it, but only because the preachers were willing to allow it to be seen. They were willing to put themselves absolutely, out there. Absolutely. And I want to give a great big shout out to some of the forefront activists uh, who are really speaking to these issues from the clergy standpoint. Absolutely, Dr. Yeah. William Barber, Reverend Dr. William Barber, uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes. Freddie Haynes. I mean, we're seeing some Jamal wonderful— Bryant. Jamal Bryant. Reverend, yes, that's it. Uh, Jamal Harrison Bryant. We are seeing some people who are unafraid and unapologetically speaking. By the way, their blackness, their culture— absolutely. And they are not denying in any way, shape, or form their Christianity, their prayerfulness, or their desire for unity. Locally, we want to shout out Pastor Simon, Pastor Harrison. Oh, man. Thank you, Pastor Simon. Mac, yes. Woodbury. Woodbury, Woodbury, yes. yes, I mean, they're on the front lines. We we really appreciate that. And we've got soldiers that have stood on the front lines, and many of them are older, who have stood on the front lines and worn Youngstown nationally, all that stuff. And uh, Dr. Morris Lee, who we just Come on. funeralized yes, last yes. Friday, uh, Lonnie Simon, uh, my own pops, Elder Fowlis, I mean, uh, my own predecessor, I mean, uh, Dr. Hearns, they would step out and, yeah, it would be embarrassing. Yes, you'd gain some enemies. Yes, you would get some pushback. Yes, our white contemporaries would say, I'm not sure if I can unite or join you with this. Yes, people would sometimes accuse you of being ungracious or combative, but we're talking about our people. I mean, I don't have all the answers. I know that marching and protesting can only do so much, sometimes not much at all, but it does let people know that we're watching, we are advocating, the families know that we're willing to fight and put our names, our reputations, you know, perhaps some offerings (laughs) on the line for the sake of our people. And with the police shootings, I think from a righteousness standpoint, we have we sometimes live in a seat of judgment where we want to pick and choose 
based off that person's perceived lifestyle, mm-hmm. almost to the point to where they deserved it, that's the lifestyle they chose, or we buy the line that, well, they shouldn't have ran, they shouldn't have resisted, they shouldn't have done this, that, or the other. And I'm like, this is still a life. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's Absolutely. still a life. Absolutely. So how do we speak to that, Pastor Jeff? What do you get up in the pulpit and say? And then what do you feel like you should direct the church to do that does not turn you into total activists. You're not trying to be the Malcolm X. You're not trying to rile-rile people up to throw bricks, you know, or nothing like that. What do you say to put that concern in a tangible way? I think um, you talked about it earlier, uh, righteousness and justice being close to righteousness. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is that the most righteous thing in the world is that God allows us to get into heaven. Hmm based upon a choice we make. Right. And if we don't make the right choice, we end up in the wrong place. Absolutely. And so if these people aren't making the right choices, whether they be police officers, whether they be those prison guards, whether they, you know, all these things, they're making the wrong choices and they're still getting away. So I think that Uh. we as a people, we as a people have to say, no, they made the wrong choice. Right. Just like that perpetrator. Just, or t- just like that perpetrator. They made the wrong choice. And so regardless of they they had a badge, regardless of, you know, all that, any of that stuff, that does not matter. This person, like you said, still had a mother, father, brother, sister. He still had, it was still uh, uh, innocent until proven guilty. And, you know, there's another issue that comes to mind that's deeper, but but probably more important. And that is... The fact that it is so much tilted in the direction of people of color, of minorities, uh, men and women, but usually predominantly black men, there is a worth issue that hovers over a man's life. And it goes back to the mental illness we talked about earlier that I have to advocate because when I advocate for the life of that one who has been slain and I feel it is unnecessary, I feel it was unwarranted. I am telling every other black man and black boy, your life is worth something. Yes. In spite of mistakes, in spite of not complying in all that stuff that has become, it's like it's relaxed so much that just about anything I mean, if you look at the dude and say, boogity-boo, he can just pull out the gun and, and, and say, I felt threatened. And, and I need to affirm in the worth of my boys. So I got two Absolutely. boys. And God help me to sort of tie mass shootings with police shootings and the danger that we sort of pose. You know, you know I'm so sick of them calling these 20-some-year-old mass shooters boys and calling 14, 15, 16-year-old black kids men. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so now there's another issue Absolutely. of who are you really? Uh, it, I, and like you said, tying it together, I, you know, last year, and I'm, I'm pretty sure your son had to go through it, too. They went through the school shooting procedure. Protocol. Protocol. Yep. yep. And to listen to my son talk about it, even the, the, the fear when they when they came and opened up the door because they were hiding and they came and opened You're up the door. You're teaching a kid to. To fear and to. Have you know, and I understand that they want to be ready, but just the fact that it has to be done—it's—it's it's sickening to think about. It is. It is it, to to, and, to to listen. And you know, I can't protect you at all times. I can't be there at all times. But you know, things like what we're doing in a couple of weeks with 
the men going up to the schools and right. shaking right. the young man's hand and letting you letting them know we we validate you and we appreciate you and we're we're with you and we got your back a hundred percent. Right. And 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 you coming back to school and we we want to make this safe. We want to make it safe. But it's equally sickening that I have to have a similar conversation of fear surrounding what happens if you encounter a law enforcement mm. officer. Now we all knew, you know, put your hands on the steering wheel, you know, don't do anything stupid. When I was a teenager and it wasn't that long ago, I knew just to sort of behave myself, so to speak, but it wasn't that long ago, young man, you know, but I didn't have any fear that if I really make a you know, sudden movement or whatever you want to call it, or reach mm -hmm. in your glove box or, or even just be mad, even just be, the, the thought didn't enter in my mind that even if I acted a fool, that it would result in my death. It might result in me being pinned to the ground, right. pulled out of my car, what have you. There, that, that thought still wasn't there in my early 20s that, you know, I know you can make a bad situation worse. You could turn a traffic ticket into something it don't need to be. Right. I get that. But death was never a part of that equation. And now it's almost become normalized. And you hear it in the excuses made. Well, if he had complied or if he had not argued or if he had not ran, when we didn't even think running would get you killed, killed. Right. And the first thing body we, slam tased, the first thing we want to do is pull out our cell phone because we, we're trying to record. We don't even I mean, they have that new I, I think Siri or Apple has this new command that you can literally program really? where you literally say, hey, Siri, I'm being pulled over and it'll activate the recorder for wow. you in the phone. I was trying to get it to I'm sickeningly trying to get it to work before wow. I go on a road trip one day because I saw it and couldn't get the thing to work wow. and I don't know what I was doing wrong. But that's that's a natural fear. And to know that by the color of your skin, you are seen as a danger. You're seen as a danger in the same situation as someone else to a different uh, to a lesser degree, is not seen as a danger, even though they are dangerous. And we saw it lately. I, I advocated, I'll say his name, Matthew Burroughs, right here in Niles, Matthew Ohio. Shot by the Niles police. And their justification was that he was in his car, backing up in a parking lot. And I've been to that parking lot, a small mm -hmm. apartment parking lot, backing up. And the pictures show what they show. His win back window shot out. You know, he shot and slumped over in the car, and they claimed, you know, at the end of the day, his car was used as a weapon. Now, first they said he might have had a gun in the car, and that right. was confirmed to be said by several law enforcement Absolutely. officers. Then they changed the story and said there was no gun and nobody, you know, but we know how that goes. But here's the crazy thing. So that's what we've been waiting on to hear word from. Will there be a grand jury? You know, will there be all that? Then just yesterday. Just yesterday. Just yesterday, not even seven months, almost to the day, away a young white man slashes somebody's neck, beats somebody up, steals their car, goes on a hour-long chase with a 14-year-old in the car, and comes in the Niles and starts ramming vehicles, including backing into a police vehicle, and gets out and runs away from the cop. Now, I would assume if we knew by now he had slashed and beaten up, he probably right. has something on him. And he is arrested peacefully, will be tried and transferred back to Painesville and face charges and Niles and all of that kind of stuff. And I know you can sit here and nitpick with little details and say it's different. 
But Lord, help me. It is not. How can I feel that it's so plain? We were sitting here talking about the dude in the hospital back when Matthew got shot. Right. Who had lunged at police with a knife or something. And it was in a hospital. And we could make all kind of excuses. It was a different jurisdiction. It was hospital police. It was, you know, all. this is almost like God purposely bringing the same scenario. Same exact scenario. And more dangerous, no, worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt got killed because he tried to walk away from someone trying to detain him in the court after he had shown up voluntarily for court, and they tried to hold him for a few minutes, and they said, no, I'm going home, and then they start to slow chase down the street to his apartment mm-hmm. or whatever. This dude is on an attempted murder <laughs> police chase. You know, and funny, because we had another one on the freeway. They rammed the dude off the road and all this other stuff. So I just can't be silent. As a man of God, as a black man, as a resident of an area, and this does not mean I have any malice towards police officers. It does not mean I have any malice towards law enforcement in general, no malice towards white individuals, but I don't believe we should continue to make excuses. Excuses. Well, I mean, even to go a little bit further and a little bit higher, you have a white man Jump the fence of the White House. Of the White House. When Obama was in office. Oh, the White House. Jump the fence and get halfway. Halfway there. Halfway there. It's almost like somebody serious? was hoping he'd get there. Like, right. oh, I got <laughs> to stop. I guess I have to stop. Right, let, me, let me go ahead and trip to get it, put this guy this in dude didn't run. He was probably one of his accomplices. Like, he ain't run fast enough. Come on, Jim. I told you to sprint. <laughs> right. So, 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 so here, let me ask you this. Because this is one thing that. I've been hearing a lot of, you know, going through these action meetings and going through the different meetings in the community. A lot of people bring up the fact that we need police officers that look like us and that are in our area and from our area. And I know you work on that. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm on civil service. Civil yeah, service. Yeah. So you could discuss that. But let me ask you this. I hope I'm just... still on it when this is over. <laughs> hope I'm... Don't show this to uh, any of my... So they probably will. Go ahead. So here's the question that that, that I raised in in my own mind. Right. Okay. So if you do say, say, say we, say we hired, say we hired big Mike over here. We hired big Mike. Here's the two scenarios that I feel is going to happen with big Mike. Either one, the people in our community are going to say, Oh, that's just big Mike from around the way. That's just big Mike. And how can big Mike actually you do his know, job. Do his job when you know he knows me and Big Mike played football together growing up. We well, played we've little had black officers, football. man. We've had black officers and they've done their job. Yeah, they have. We've had they black have. officers, they have. they've done their job. We I got love some, T. I love some history. T. Yeah, that's it, man. We got historic guys that go all the way back, first black officers. They did their job. They did what they had to do. You know, and I, I still think that that in every every occupation that really touches our people in particular law enforcement, mm-hmm. uh, politics, education, mm-hmm. we need to see more black faces Absolutely. and more black men. Uh, it's just a part of the culture. It's not even like, well, the black people teach better or you know, they'll learn better. But, but there is just something about your culture and being having some you know, relatability oh, yeah. there. And that might help you know, for us to see one another. Then there can be the backlash. The backlash of you know you're the you know it's it's Uncle a bad Tom. it's the wrong term because mm-hmm. Uncle Tom is really not the right term right, for that. Right. But 
Uh, thank you to Mr. Fred Harris for teaching me that, by the way. Now, Uncle Tom's really not the right term. It's really Sambo. You know, you don't want to be the Sambo. And I give all credit to Fred Harris for teaching me that. But just to sell out. Sell you know what yeah. I'm saying? You'll, you'll be the sellout. You're this. And we want, uh, you know, we got another test coming up, and I'm not sure how many black applicants we have, but it is not an attractive, you know. And, and I mean, come on, as a people, we're all like, you know, the man, you don't want to be the man, but, you know, then they talk about self policing and all that stuff. I don't know how much of that is effective. All I know, yeah. Do I really want to give. Just trying to be uh, Shaq. Shaq. <laughs> Shaq. Oh, Shaq. Oh, yeah, Shaq. <laughs> oh, nine foot tall sheriff. Just can't even fit in the car. Who is he? Pulling over the, the, the Jolly Green Giant, Everybody. right? He's taking selfies with people on the freeway. So, so you know that I would love to say that that could be the answer. Fact of the matter is, like in every other occupation, there's probably going to be way more white cops Absolutely. than there are black cops. There are always going to be bad actors, and we we, we fully understand that 99.9 percent. Of the, of, the, of the law enforcement are good guys, but we are hearing about them being discovered on white supremacist websites. Mm -hmm. We're hearing about the jokes and secret text messages they send to one another or the comments they make to one another. And again, it, is, it might not even be the same people who have committed these things, but I do know that unconscious bias is real, mm -hmm. that, that young black men particularly are seen as more dangerous, you know, as more of a threat just by the very nature, just by our, our natural. We've seen it in professional settings, man. I've been told to lower my voice in, in boardrooms, and I'm just talking. Absolutely. But I'm sorry, man. Blackness amplifies just period. We already loud folks sometimes. Once but again, I mean, you, I can literally be walking to my car mm -hmm. and have a Caucasian person lock their door. When you walk <laughs> Lock their door on their 1979 Corolla, right, Corolla. Right, right. And I'm going to get my $30,000 right. car. I don't even want this. When people do that to me or clutch their purse, I'm like, chick, I can't even beat you up. What are you talking about? <laughs> I weigh like 120 pounds soaking wet. So, She'll probably just body slam me. So let me ask you personally, have you ever had any driving while black? Yes. Or, or, or racist yes. police experiences? Yes, yes. Uh, I had an old Mercedes for a while. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a magnet. That was a magnet, boy. I mean, I start naming towns. Yeah. You know, to the point where I'm like, you know, I got an old Mercedes. It wasn't brand new, but, you know, I guess you could associate it. And here I am. I'm the dummy, you know, who always wanted this car. <laughs> right. You know, even though I, I didn't know it was the drug dealer's car of choice as well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but I always wanted that 98 Mercedes. I got it. And, man, I can't tell you. I'll never forget the scariest one. The scariest one. I'll tell you where I was at. I was out in Vienna, 193. And I was taking the kids for a ride to put them to sleep. I bought them some ice cream. And they were babies. London was like three. Elias was like one. Okay? Took them over. Got some. And we, I just started doing what my dad used to do. Just ride around the township. Right, right. Go down a long stretch of road. And I'll never forget this white Pontiac. And it was a white car. A white Pontiac goes flying by me on 193. We're going towards the Vienna airport, you know, from Liberty. And, I mean, screaming, 110, 120 miles an hour, just flying by. And a sheriff sees him and spins around to chase him and loses him. I'm watching wow. this. It's a straight stretch. I'm watching this. Loses him. I come up, and I'm coming up, and something, you know, the dummy in me just keeps on driving. <laughs> into the darkness <laughs> instead of going, turning around and going back to Youngstown and getting on the freeway. And, you know, I know my route I want to take around the old country roads I used to go. And I come up to a light at a little gas station and the cop is sitting there waiting. And I go a little bit through the intersection when I get, he pulls me over. Now I'm on an unlit road. Mm. 
by myself wow. with my babies in the back. And he has the nerve to say to me, I just saw you screaming down the street. And I said, no, sir, you know. And it was my first time I had a little bit of a boldness, but I was afraid not for me, but for my babies. Babies, Because yeah. I would have, you know, for the first time in my life, probably went at somebody, but you glance and see them legs. Wow. And I'm like, no, sir, you know that was a different model car. Don't, no Pontiac, don't look nothing like this Mercedes. You know it wasn't me. Full well. And, you know, he, but, you know, check my plates, mention something about a, a, a license plate light or something stupid. You know, it's always something ridiculously petty. But I knew what he was getting at. Number one, it's not my fault, dude. You can't execute a good chase. <laughs> number one, it's not my fault. But number two, I shouldn't be easy pickings for you in a quick intimidation. Absolutely. And so I've had that. I took my brother's car one time. He had rims, you know, on his car. And, you know, you know, I watched they let all these cars go through on the, you know, little driver check thing. And they had the thing going. Come on over here. Where you going? Where you coming? Where you get this car from? You know. And and my brother's only two years older than me. Good wow. job. He would have been in the same spot, earned his money. But that stuff is, and again, I'm just a smart remark. Away. Away. And then it escalates. And I've said this last time. And I'll say it again. White, black, but mostly black. <laughs> we remove the basic humanity from people, even when situations do get tense. Yeah. Who wants to be arrested? Right. Raise your hand out there if you're just <laughs> itching for a confrontation. Please. Or when you make that smart remark, it means you want to be dragged out of a vehicle or whatever. And whose muscles don't tense up when someone is forcing? Right. The body is designed by God, G-A-W-D, to, uh, to protect itself. Right, right. Somebody you, throw you on the ground. You, throw, you, ain't, you ain't just going limp like, okay, whoop. <laughs> Break my jaw, doc. Nobody's doing. You're 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 tense. You're struggling. You're probably saying things. It's probably escalated beyond even where you thought that little remark might go, or your little act of defiance, right. or whatever. And now we've taken even just basic humanity. But again, I can't say it enough. It is much easier to take the humanity out of people that you already see as less than human. Absolutely, it's real, easy to do. Real it. quick, let me tell you. I once again, just like you, my daughter the baby because she was still in her cradle her car seat coming down we stand in austin town yeah coming, coming down getting into putting my baby in the car and my wife is getting in the car and somebody drives by and they say and they yell out nigger now this is before i'm saved right right so i'm like you ready I threw to them in the car told her to hurry up and get in the car and i jump in flying you know i'm Right. Trying to get, I had a GL Metro, so I wasn't going real wasn't fast. Going that fast. Is that a two <laughs> liter? Real. Is that a one and a half cylinder? But I did catch them right down at they they were coming out to drive drive through. Uh -huh. Right at so I pull in and we're basically in the middle of the plaza and I stop and I say, say it now. And guys like, say what? Say what? Uh, you you said it when I you were down you. there. I heard you, dog. Now you want me to, you, you called me a nigga. Now I'm going right. to act like a nigga. You're about to be say one. Say it now. You know, and right. just as I'm speaking, and, and the funny thing is, the guy on the passenger side is going like this, pointing to the guy right, in the driver's right. seat. <laughs> he's, he's pointing it to the guy in the driver's seat. It wasn't me. And, and so so the cops pull up behind me. Oh, yeah. The cops oh, pull up behind me. Oh, now you're dead. Now you're right. dead. So he gets out the car. He said, what's going on? And I tell him the story. I was getting him a car. These guys drive. I call me a nigga. He says, get in, he says, sir, get in your car and leave. I said, you're not going to say anything to them? Get in your car and leave before I arrest you. My wife said, get in the, just get in the car, Jeff. Just get in the See? car, Jeff. Yeah. I get in the car. I drive. I start to drive off. The people, now the cops are still behind me. Right. The guy 
the guy in the other car yells out the window again, nigger. And I look at the cop and the cop smiles. I'm glad you're saved, man. I'm glad you're saved now. Oof. And, and, and people don't understand that that's that's not isolated. Everybody has had I've had it. Everybody has had that experience. Right. And then again, we've seen it when cops get called to a scene. Uh, uh, kids complain about something or the pool party scene right, from right. way to go. It's it's always us that ends up getting slim. Uh, you know, businesses that call the cops. It's always and, and that gets tiring and old. It, it really does. And people get frustrated and they're already on edge when those lights flash. Absolutely. And so to that end, you know, we have to be diligent and vigilant, vigilant, vigilant excuse me, vigilant right. about speaking to the issue and letting people know that they're not off the hook. And thoughts and prayers are great, just like mass shootings. Thoughts and prayers are great. Lifting up people. And I pray for police officers. I say it in church all the time. We pray for those who protect us. Pray for those. I get it. But if you do wrong, if you kill someone, white, black or whatever, you should have to pay or at least answer for within every single bounds of law. And don't help me. This is a whole nother discussion of how a prosecutor can actually prosecute his own, you know, police officers that he sees every day. Right, and they're right. all basically the same team. That's like right. asking, you know, Connor to, 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 to tackle Roethlisberger. It's, right. it's not going to happen. You know, right. the mullet right. might get him, but, you know. <laughs> but so we have to be, you know, on task with this. And I'm not going to let it go. I mean, I, to, to my religiously incorrect crowd, Pastor Todd ain't shutting up. Not letting it go. He's going to keep speaking to it. Love everybody. But if you're not on board, you might get ran over. I want all my brothers and sisters of the cloth, white, black, or whatever, to speak to these issues because injustice is wrong and it's sinful. And I won't stop. I might not be the answer. You might think I'm fake or phony or whatever. But I think about my boys. I think about my people. I think about I don't want to do another doggone funeral in this church Absolutely. for someone Sick that's been killed yes. by their own brother. By a police officer or anybody. So to all of our loyal subscribers, thank you so much for being a part of the first batch the first of Religiously batch. Incorrect viewers. Listen, and even on this subject, shout out to the Central Park Five. Oh, yes. Those who had to go through what they went and through. And that movie was deep. Oh, my God. I cried. A, when Cry they like see us, we're going to do When They See Us. They, come on, sir. We're going to do it When They See Us. When They See Us. Shout out to y'all, those who are right now incarcerated for something they did not, did not do, do and are sitting in jail because of some crooked cops. Dude just got out for 21 things. years or something? 21 years. Insane. Lord have mercy. And again, too often black. Too often. Too often African American. On death row sometimes over things. So we need to continue to use our platform to speak to it. As pastors, we must speak to justice openly. If you can invite folk to your church on social media, come on. you can speak about social justice on social media. If I can ask folk to come hear me preach, sing, or whatever, buy my ticket to this, that, or the other, because I'm going to do it. And by the way, I'm going to have a ticket for sale pretty soon. <laughs> but I'm also going to speak up for those issues that affect our people because that is better. You know, I'd rather see you alive than in my sanctuary. And listen, as as a person of the cloth, as a pastor, Tell him, Jeff. you might not have the words. You know, this this brother can talk here. Todd he, X, they call me. He, he he has the words, but your presence. Just show up. Just show up. Raise your hand. That's it. Like That's my stats. It. Like Say, my stats. I, I'm behind him. I'm behind yeah. him. Share it. You know, it, don't be scared. <laughs> Say it. Hey, we want more subscribers, more likes more shares and we love y'all so much comment 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 let us know we're gonna read the comments we want to know what we're doing tell us what you want to talk about tell us what you want to hear you he might not it. talk about it but... all right we, we ain't talking about it <laughs>
But, but, just, but it's just talking. You want to hear yourself talk? Just do it anyway. <laughs> this is religiously incorrect. I'm Pastor Todd. This is Pastor Jeff. Deuces. Love y'all. <laughs>